The energy industry is a critical industry because it underpins Australia's economic success and quality of life. However, it is also a complex industry since it tries to meet competing economic, environmental and social objectives. But what is the other side of the story? How can we move beyond economic and engineering perspectives that we naturally tend to focus on and consider the human side of energy security? From the University of Sydney Business School, this is Sydney Business Insights, the podcast that explores the future of business. I'm Sandra Peter, and today we are talking to Associate Professor Jane Lee, who is looking at energy security beyond purely economic and engineering perspectives. Jane is exploring the human side of energy security. Jane Lee is an Associate Professor in Work and Organization Studies at the University of Sydney Business School, and she researches competing demands at work with a particular interest in critical infrastructure and is currently leading an ARC project on energy security. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. What is the human side of energy security? Well, as you know, energy is fundamental in terms of economic quality and output and also um, social issues. So it's a really fundamental industry. But what we've done so far is just looked at it from an economic and engineering perspective. And so what we are looking at is to say, yes, that's been really useful. We've learned a lot from that. But what we need to now try to understand is, what do the people actually do? You know, what are some of the human elements? What are some of the decisions and practices that they make? And how do real impacts get created in practice? So that's what we're talking about when we talk about the human side of energy security. Those people that are working in the sector or working in industries, organizations, ancillary to the sector, how they actually can influence energy security outcomes through the decisions and practices they make. How are we trying to understand the human side of energy security? We were lucky in that we just got a big government grant from the Australian Research Council to look at just that issue. So the way that we're trying to understand it is by talking to people in the industry. So actually asking policymakers, top-level executives at energy companies, regulatory agencies, you know, NGOs, industry bodies, etc. We're actually asking them what are the things that they do. How do they take decisions, and then how those decisions and practices impact energy security outcomes. So. Part of that is interviews, talking to people and finding out how they do it. And part of it is actually watching them and seeing how they work and what are some of the things that they do in practice. Why is this such a complex issue? Well, first of all, you tell me, what is energy security? And the problem is that not everybody agrees. So when you ask people what energy security is, you can get fundamentally different answers. I mean, the basic premise of it, I think everybody agrees on. It means basically lights on. So that's what we hear a lot when we talk to people and also what you hear in the media. So that's the basic premise of it, but it actually goes beyond just having energy, the availability of energy, if you will. What people also want is they want high quality energy. So they want it to be there reliably when they need it and sufficient amounts of it. And then they also want it to be secure in the sense that they want to have a secure network, something protected well from terrorism and other attacks. And at the same time, they want it to be kind of impactful in a positive way. So reduced environmental impact. They also want it to be affordable. So there's a lot of elements of energy security and a lot of issues that come into play when you talk about it. But that's not all, because it's also about decisions and practices, like what technologies do we use? Government policy, both here and internationally. And then we start talking about things like 
national security, climate change, independence and economic success. And all of a sudden, energy security is a huge, huge issue. So that's the complexity with energy security. Which brings us to the human side of energy security. Is that a complex issue as well? Absolutely, because obviously energy security is a cross-organizational and industry issue. So energy security is not just something one company does. Okay, sure, you know, there can be issues when, let's say, a network operator loses the network. There could be one particular organization that has a decisional practice that has a huge impact. But overall, because there's so many players working together in the market, we all need to make decisions and practices that are aligned and bring about positive energy security outcomes. And that is the difficulty with the human side. A lot of people making a lot of decisions and doing a lot of things to create one outcome. How does the media and the public sentiment come into it? Well, this is a very timely question, Sandra, because we recently had the blackout in South Australia, and that was huge in the media. So if you remember back in July, when we were talking about energy security, we were talking about price spikes and potential systems issues and maybe some reliability issues, but it was always small issues. But since the blackout, there's been a huge amount of media attention on the issue. It's been very interesting because what it does is it frames energy security as one particular issue, in this case, lights on, and pushes some of the other elements of energy security that are equally important, like environmental impact, cost potentially quality of supply or the diversity in the energy portfolio, all those issues are pushed to the side. So it creates this kind of media and political storm that drives agenda in one particular direction. And so the media is hugely influential in driving what energy security is understood to be and what we actually do, in other words, what our energy future becomes. Which brings us to today, Jane, and how the human side of energy security is playing out in the media as we speak. Well, if you've been watching the media over the last week, it's been really exciting. So you've probably seen that big Twitter storm that, I guess, Elon Musk shot off when he made this exciting offer of 100 days to fix the energy problem in South Australia or doing it for free. So he promised actually 100 megawatt per hour. So quite a big supply issue. And it's interesting because what he did is he basically framed the problem as a storage problem. So we need batteries and I can give them to you, which is really great because obviously he inserts himself into the picture. And at the same time, it injected a huge momentum in the debate. So there's been lots of policy discussions and, you know, regulatory discussions and review committees. And all of a sudden, from this tweet storm, he went to meeting the Prime Minister and Premier of South Australia within, I think, two days. And the whole debate has shifted because of that, basically because of one tweet. So that's been really exciting. The second point is that just two days ago, South Australia revealed their power plan. And as part of that, they actually talk about energy security as creating energy security targets to have 36% of local energy. So there's a lot of things happening right now in the media space that are competing for attention. So how do batteries fit into this picture? Part of the issue in South Australia is that if you have renewable energy that you can't store, it's either produced or not. You know, the wind blows and we have energy or the sun shines and we have energy or we don't. But if we have batteries, we can capture that energy and supply it later. So it makes the resource more reliable over the longer term and more accessible. But obviously, there's some issues with that, too. What are some of the issues? One of the big problems at the moment that people are talking about is, you know, why Tesla, a foreign company, is now coming to the market when we've got all these Australian competitors already. So we have, you know, Zen Energy, Carnegie Clean Energy and a few others. 
already working in the battery space and they're Australian-based companies. So why all of a sudden does Elon come in and get to have the pie? <laughs> so that's one of the questions. The other thing is it ignores some of the political dynamics and regulatory frameworks that we've been subject to and that have complicated the discussion. And the other thing is, of course, that it's such a complicated issue because nobody really knows how to cost it yet. So even though Elon Musk is offering the batteries really at half the price, there's still the land cost, installation cost, control costs. And so it'd be very interesting to see what happens in terms of price and the ability to deliver in 100 days. So what has been the response from Malcolm Turnbull? Well, this is interesting because obviously there's interest because he went to meet with them, which you know sends a strong signal, I think, both in terms of the focus on the issue of energy security but also to other industry players that maybe already had existing commitments. I think there's no commitment at the moment. It's just showing interest. And I think part of the issue is that the media has driven that response. If we didn't have the media pushing such a firestorm around the issue, I'm sure Malcolm has other things to do too. <laughs> so this is definitely one of the issues we need to keep an eye on in terms of the energy future. Speaking of futures, what is next for you? Well, I'm going to do a little bit more work. I'm going to talk to some more people in the industry to get even more well-rounded picture of what energy security is and what are some of the things that we need to do to have an energy secure future. And also, I'd like to identify an organization that I'm going to work with closely to study their decisions and practices to see exactly how they understand and generate energy security within their own context. Thank you for talking to us today. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to Sydney Business Insights the University of Sydney Business School podcast about the future of business. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can visit us at sydneybusinessinsights.com and hear our entire podcast archive, read articles, and watch video content that explore the future of business.